everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats, what he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too, with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Fascinating week out at TCO Performance Center. You have the head coach basically admitting in his understated way that the defense is a major problem and even saying, hey, we have to be honest about this. And you have the defensive coordinator stepping up and saying uh, it's really the scheme is fine. We just need to play it a little bit better. Uh, no, no obvious overt tension there between the two. Both of them speak in very calm ter- tones, but Behind the scenes, it feels like there's a little tension. It sounds like the, the coach is not happy with the defense, and it sounds like the defense coordinator is pushing back a little bit. How do you read it all? I think that's exactly right. We know Kevin O'Connell is going to be understated and and not going to fire out, especially on his fellow coaches or, or players, and that's his M.O., which, which is good. I think that's, that's positive. But we know behind the scenes – there are plenty of conversations taking place because obviously you can't have a defense giving up 400 plus yards, five straight games to the point where it's cost them a couple of games now. And now they're can kind of forget about that number one seed with Philadelphia, two games ahead, plus a tiebreaker. The most important thing now is, is to hold off San Francisco for the number two seed because they're going to win the division and probably the Saturday against the Colts. But yeah, I think that Ed Donatel is under pressure out there and he's got a, a former successful defensive coordinator also in the room in Mike Pettin. So I wonder, first of all, how much input is Pettin having right now and over the course of this bad streak in trying to help Donatel in the defense. Now, we know that Harrison Smith was out last week, and that was a major problem, that the Lions had too many receivers running wide open. They are converting third and long six times in the game, third and seven or longer, and that just cannot happen. When you get it in third and seven to third and 12, you got to stop people, and the Lions were converting regularly. Jared Goff had a great game. Yeah. And he's got some talented players around him and really one of the best offensive lines in the league. And so I think that's where the the difficulty starts is with the pass rush that just has not been getting there. No sacks last week. Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter, they're obviously the keys, keys to the defense. We've said that all year long, and when they were doing much better earlier, earlier in the season, Zadarius particularly was wrecking havoc out there, but he has not had a sack now in, I think it's four straight games. Daniil was kind of invisible last week, so you've got to figure things have got to change there. 
and get those guys going. And if that means sitting down Zadaria Smith for a couple of weeks because his knee has been problematic, then they should sit him down and get him ready for the playoffs. Although with San Francisco breathing down their necks now, that, that's kind of a hard thing to do. But the pass rush has got to be better. And it's not only Hunter and, and Zadaria Smith, it's also uh, DJ Wanham, who actually had a, a big play at the end of the Jets game that helped set up the last interception. He had a pressure. Patrick Jones has, has done some good things from time to time. He's got to be better. I think Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson coming back has helped inside with the pass rush and should help inside as he gets stronger. And that was a kind of an underrated thing during the, the bad streak that he missed several games. And he's their really uh, their best run stopper. Harrison Phillips is a good player too. So, but scheme-wise, you still wonder, and certainly O'Connell was very pointed in saying, I think we need to send more pressure, more blitzes. And that, that's hard to do when Harrison Smith is out because he's their best blitzing defensive back. Now he should be back this week. And the Colts present a really good opportunity to get well on defense because the Colts are the 25th ranked offense. Matt Ryan has been sacked 35 times this year. He leads the NFL with 13 interceptions. This should be a game where the Vikings can get things back on track. But the Colts' defense is pretty good. So it's not going to be easy. But, yeah, I thought it was really interesting, the dynamics going on and and kind of reading between the lines, as you said, Jim, with Kevin O'Connell and Ed Donatel. And I think, well, much more to get into there. I want to talk more about Daniil Hunter and Zedaria Smith. Uh, Let you know, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. He's Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager, uh, longtime Viking employee, president of the Tennessee Titans when they came about a foot away from winning a Super Bowl. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Our producer is Brianne Burdett. Thank you to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and Platinum Bank. Also let you know, if you hear this in time, Thursday night, December 15th, 6.30 p.m., uh, the Cheryl Reeve Show and the Gloria Ramsey's Winter Wear Drive. Uh, it's a great event. We do it annually, and this will be our first full non-COVID get-out-see-people kind of event in a long time. Uh, they're always great events. Come out and see us if you can, if you don't mind driving in a little bit of the slush. 6.30 at Headflyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. Lots of parking, big space. Come out and join us. Uh, check out TalkNorth.com for all the other shows, including the Viking Update show, and thank you for listening to the shows, and thank you for paying patronizing our sponsors. We do appreciate it. So I, I felt all summer that the defense was going to be dependent on Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter getting to the quarterback. If they got the quarterback, the defense would survive. If they didn't, the defense wouldn't. That has turned out to be true. And as you said, now you have Darius Smith, who has been – when. So many of the weeks where the defense has been just good enough, it's been, been because Zanary Smith has gotten to the quarterback, gotten a sack, forced a hurry, forced a turnover. We have not seen, seen Daniil Hunter be anywhere near as productive as he was before his injuries. You know, Can those two at this point uh, finish the season strong and be a factor in the postseason? I think they can be if they're healthy, and Daniil seems to be okay. He missed a little practice this week with, with, with a little ding, but, but he's, he's been okay. And Zadarius is the guy that's been battling that knee for the last six weeks or so and, and missed some practices, although he's been fully practicing this week. They are the key. And I, I absolutely agree with you. I've said that from day one, 
that if those guys can stay healthy, and I thought it was really important to manage their snaps this year, which I think they've done a decent job of doing, that they have got to be the guys, especially come playoff time, and to get them into the playoffs, which is going to happen, we know that. But 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 at playoff time, they have got to be really good because the the Viking secondary is suspect. It's it's really kind of kind of strange because Cam Dantzler is just up and down. Got beat on a deep ball last week, but it was his first week back after being on IR for four weeks. Patrick Peterson, we know, has had a, had a really good year. And but but he's a guy that can get beat on occasion, but he's he's still a, a top, I think, a top corner. Dantzler is really important. Shandon Sullivan, I think, is an average slot corner, and he had a really stupid play last week where he where he hit Goff when as he was sliding and extended a drive for the Lions. So he's got to be smarter. He's made some really good plays. He's made some bad plays. I think he's a guy that the teams are going to pick on. And Dantzler, too, they're going to stay away from Peterson. Cam Bynum, to me, is really an up-and-down player. And, yeah, it's his second year. It's his first year as a full-time starter. He had a, he had a really excellent game against the Jets, and then including the game-sealing interception. And then last, then against the Lions, he, he looked bad. On, the, on the, of course, the, the long touchdown pass to Jameson Williams, he lets him run right by him. And I don't know what Dantzler was doing on that play. There's nobody on his side of the field. There's just not great communication. There's not great reaction from some of those young guys in the secondary. They were certainly counting on Andrew Booth Jr. to, to be an effective player this year. He's on IR now, and, and he's not going to be back this year. So there, there's some issues in that secondary. And as we said, it's on the defensive line and the linebackers. I, I also think Jim... Eric Hendricks is a guy, I, I think he's a great player, but I, I think he's had some difficulty adjusting to the new defense. He, he is, has not been the impact player this year defensively that he's been in the past, and and I think a lot of that is because he's playing in a 3-4 after being a middle linebacker for his first, whatever, six, seven years in the league under Zimmer. So Kendricks is a guy that that they need to make big make big plays and in the passing game be covering guys over the middle, and he just has not been as effective as he's been in the past. And I, I, I'm sure the hope is that over the end of the season he'll pick it up. Jordan Hicks, I think, is a pretty good player, and I think they've got that some so enough talent on defense in that front seven to help that back four. But they got to have Harrison Smith. We know that. We learned that last week. No doubt about it. Hey, check out TalkNorth.com. Uh, best way to listen to any show you like at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Cheryl Reeve, L- Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, Nate Prosser, uh, Bardown Beauties, John Millay, Jeff Diamond, uh, Mike Grimm, Dave Lee, I can't even remember all the good people we have on the network, plus all the outdoor content, some variety stuff. Check it all at talknorth.com, and please do subscribe. It's just easy for you. Uh, I think Daniil Hunter is a a fascinating case. Uh, And my question for you is, do you think he is struggling to make an impact this year because of health issues or because of the changing scheme? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And... I think it's I think it's more because of the changing scheme. I, I think that he 
he still has some some very good playing this year. He's he's got seven sacks. He's he's made, he's played the run reasonably well. I, I think Daniel has had has had an okay season, not up to his fifteen sacks. Uh, standard necessarily but i think he's had he's had a, a pretty good year and and i think that down the stretch he could he could come on because they have been managing his his play time but yeah i think it's more scheme related for him for example putting him in coverage on a running back don't do that or a tight end <laughs> I know that's what drives me crazy jeff i cannot stand to see your you know, one A or one B pass rusher in a scheme that desperately needs to get home with four rushers. I can't stand to see him out in coverage. No, ex- exactly right. So I think a lot of those things are, are in play with Hunter. Zadarius Smith, he knows the scheme and he's fine as long as he's healthy. I think the real shame of last week, Jim, was to waste a, a record setting performance by Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And and I thought it was Kirk Cousins had a, had a great game. He did. Re- rebounding from a shaky performance against the Jets where he was really erratic in this particular game against the Lions. He was right on target. The touchdown pass at late in the game to Osborne, what a great throw across the field to the corner of the end zone and giving Jefferson opportunities for contested catches as he's willing to do, which he, which he needs to do and continues to do. Maybe this is a team that's going to be like the old – Chargers or the old Dolphins back in the day that had lousy defenses but still made it to a conference championship because their offenses were so great. <laughs> we'll see. And and certainly the running game will be better, and I think it'll be better this week when when they get Bradbury and Derrissaw back. And they've got to keep Derrissaw healthy, especially with, with Brandel now on IR. So there's some issues on the offensive line too. And then there were some issues last week in play calling. Let's face it. The Dalvin Cook jump pass was a terrible call. Terrible call. Uh, and it's one of those plays where if it works, you go, wow, that was kind of different. I'm not sure I would have loved that play. But even as I saw it unfold, I thought, what, what, are, what are they doing here, Dalvin? Yeah. I don't know that he's ever thrown a pass. And he's got to throw it over the line of scrimmage, over big guys jumping. To me, in that situation – and I know they were having trouble running the ball at that point in time, and they're down 14-7. But if you're going to run a, a trick play and you want to have someone else throw the ball, give it to Jefferson. We know yeah. he can throw it. Yeah. And I would have called a jet sweep with Jefferson with a run-pass option on first and goal from the three. But what a disastrous play that was with Dalvin Cook fumbling there. The fake punt was the other big play in the game against the Lions. I thought that was like a really gutsy call by Dan Campbell. And you got to love Dan Campbell because <laughs> the guy is passionate and he's gutsy. He's willing to take chances. And that was a real, really gutsy call on fourth and eight from, from their own 26-yard line with a seven-point lead. Certainly, you can understand why the Vikings were surprised, but they shouldn't have been surprised because they do it all the time. They've done – this is now the, the sixth – out of seven fake punts under Campbell that have been successful. So they've got to know that's coming at some point, point, perhaps. I think it's going to be really interesting down the stretch to see what happens with this defense, to see if they can get the running game going again, especially with some cold weather games in Green Bay and Chicago coming up. 
they've got two weeks, I think, right now to really get things on track against two teams that are struggling. I'm talking about the Colts, who gave up 33 points to Dallas in the fourth quarter, their last time out before their bye. And they've got a quarterback who's struggling, and Matt Ryan. And then you've got the Giants, who are 0-3 and 1 of their last four and are sinking fast. And they play Washington this week, who should emerge victorious in that game. The Giants, I think, are another game, a get-well game for the Vikings. So I think these two weeks, they need to win. They need to win impressively. We know that hasn't been their M.O. this year with all the one-score wins, and it's never easy in the NFL. But there's an opportunity here for two weeks to really get get healthy, get well, and maybe by the time they face Green Bay, they're facing Jordan Love instead of Aaron Rodgers. Let's get into more Vikings topics, some stuff on the division, the conference race, and the league. A lot of interesting things happening around the league that might impact the Vikings. Right now, though, let's thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell. They're fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. You will see holiday savings, $3,250 off MSRP, plus 3.9% APR for 72 months, and no payments for 90 days on all 2022 GMC Crew Cab 1500s, plus 3.99% APR on 2022 Buick SUV models, 3.9% APR on GMC Sierra 1500s with a $2,500 purchase allowance and no monthly payments for 90 days. Great deals on GMC terrains. The White Bear Lake Superstore, also the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium, premium experience. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut to be a certified elite dealer. That's the White Bear Lake Superstore. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to longtime sponsor, Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank, always happy to talk about our great sponsor. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and a personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive Vice President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, Visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So you mentioned the Vikings, you know, having a chance to be an offensive juggernaut and maybe winning that way. What I find really interesting about this year is that Cousins is, I think Cousins is playing great. This is, to me, the best I've ever seen him. His statistics, you know, they're a little flawed. He's just throwing more interceptions than usual, but I think, Football's a situational game. You have to watch the games. I think he's playing really well. I think he's leading in a way he maybe hasn't led before. I think he's managing the pocket uh, better than he ever has before. And, of course, he's always durable. Justin Jefferson is the one guy on this offense who is having a career year. He still has a chance to get to 2,000 yards. Everybody else has really 
been assigned more of a role than, you know, uh, than being put in a position to succeed statistically. Justin Jefferson's the one guy who's really thriving in this offense. I didn't know whether that was going to happen or not. Yeah, he, he certainly is. There's no doubt about that. 1,500 yards now. And as you said, if he averages 117 per game for the last four weeks, not going to be easy playing some cold weather games. But if he does that, he'll he'll break Calvin Johnson's NFL record that's stood for 10 years of 1,964 yards. I think he's got a chance to do it, especially if he has another 200-yard game and they're giving him these opportunities. He's just playing fantastic. He's we, We've talked before. He's the best receiver in the game today. He's on the cusp of a $30 million-plus-a-year deal. So he's got a lot on the line. I think the interesting thing about Justin Jefferson, to me, he's the kind of guy that can win you a playoff game. And I saw that back in 1987 when Anthony Carter had the 227-yard record-setting performance against the 49ers when they were the number one seed, and we upset them in San Francisco in 1987. Justin Jefferson is that kind of player, that kind of game-changing guy. And so if the defense can play halfway decent and Cousins continues to play well and take chances and Adam Thielen is producing, Dalvin Cook, when he's got the blocking, is still a a good player. I'm not sure he's as dynamic as maybe he was four years ago, but he still is going to be a 1,000 to 1,200-yard rusher this year. He's on the cusp of 1,000 yards already. So he's still a really good player. I, I think Hawkinson has really helped the offense. This offense can be really great. And as you said, with Cousins, his his numbers are rising. His passer rating is rising. He's over 90 now. He's 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and did, did not throw any last week. So he he is rising statistically, but he's just playing better. He's making better decisions. He's stepping up in the pocket, as you said. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens come playoff time with him, with Jefferson, with the offense, and if this defense can turn around a little bit. And we will see what's going to happen with Donatel. Is, is, is O'Connell going to make a, a change in the play caller down the stretch and, and give it to Mike Patton, who's done it before with top 10 defenses in, in Green Bay and Chicago? Not a bad idea. If things, if things don't turn around against the Colts and the Giants, then he better make a change <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, give, and give Pedden more responsibility, even if it's kind of under the radar for the rest of the season. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. It's always interesting to watch. And coming up with the Colts this week, this Saturday, a, a big game with a chance to win the division – they cannot let this opportunity slide. And the Colts are a team that has given the Vikings problems. As we all know, they've beaten them six straight times. Pressure's on. We'll see how they respond. Yes. And by the way, let's go back to the last week for a second. Jared Goff is another quarterback who looks fantastic this year. He's on a real hot streak. He tore up the Vikings. And, you know, listen, the Rams got what they wanted out of that trade. They won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. But it's not the lopsided trade this year that it looked like it was last year. No, in fact, I think it's, I think it's turned completely around, Jim. I think that the, the, the trade now is, is definitely in favor of the Lions. And, yeah, as you said, it looked great last year for, for the Rams. Stafford was healthy. He played well. Had 41 TD passes with sixth and passer rating. This year, what happens? He gets hurt. 
He he plays in only nine games. They go three and six in those games. He's sacked 29 times, only 10 TD passes. Cooper Cup is out for the year now. Aaron Donald is not having the season they had. They don't have any first-round picks next year. And the Rams are a team, they haven't had a first-round pick for several years after trading him away for guys like Brandon Cooks and Jalen Ramsey and Stafford. That all-in mentality, it, sure, it, sound, it sounds reasonable when you're winning a Super Bowl, but it's almost as if they sold their souls for one year <laughs> and, and now they're paying the price and the Lions are, are smiling like that. What's it called? The Cheshire Cat? The Cheshire Cat, <laughs> yep. The Cheshire Cat. And they're, and they're laughing all the way to the bank here <clears throat> knowing that, that they had an extra first-round pick last year, which they used to trade up to get Jameson Williams, who burned the Vikings last week and should be a, an elite player for the future. And now they've got potentially a top five pick next year, and they don't have to really worry about drafting a quarterback, which everybody assumed, well, yeah, Jared Goff, and he was coming off two down years in L.A. Well, maybe Sean McVay, who is supposed to be the coaching guru genius, perhaps he should have had a little more patience with Goff, who was a top 10 quarterback when they went to the Super Bowl with Goff, and... So they trade him away, give up on him, and figure, yeah, he's not going to make it in Detroit. Well, now he's a top ten quarterback again, throwing throwing great, and his his coordinator there, a first year coordinator, give him credit too. He's doing a great job, Ben Johnson, and Campbell too for hanging in there with Goff, and they don't have to draft a quarterback now. And why would you? You got a top five pick, you can beef up their defense, add another guy alongside Aiden Hutchison, who, by the way, kind of ate the Vikings lunch last week with, with a sack and a couple quarterback hits and tackles for loss. And he, he was even beating Brian O'Neill, who's the Vikings' best tackle, along with Derrissaw. So I think the Lions are in great shape. I think I don't see this trade turning around for the Rams. I think the, the Lions have won the trade. And it, it kind of goes to show... You can't judge a, a trade by the first year. You have to give it a couple of years to let it play out. And it's playing out this year in big big time for the for the Lions. And I think it will continue to do that in the future. Give Brad Holmes, the Lions GM, credit. And by the way, he was the guy who was the director of college scouting when they drafted Goff in L.A. So he kind of did not believe that Goff was a has-been when he traded for him and that's proving to be true at this point. One more question on that topic before we get to our picks, where we'll talk about a bunch of other issues, including Baker Mayfield. Um, if you're the Rams, is it worth losing a trade long-term to win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. <laughs> Honestly, I think, it, yeah, it's great to win a Super Bowl. It's fantastic. But to, to give up the, the ship for the future as they've done with all these guys, <clears throat> I think you can make a, a really strategic trade and have an opportunity to, to have a great year, but to do it repeatedly and have no draft choices, no high picks for several years in a row, and then have it blow up on you as it's happened in this case, then I think that's not worth the risk. 
So I, I would not have done that if I was if I were the Rams in this situation, especially when you're trading a, a quarter, quarterback who's in his mid-30s and has had some injury, injury issues that Stafford had. And yeah, he did a great job last year, but what is his future? He's, he's got a spinal cord contusion and a neck injury. That sounds like, to me, it could be potentially career-threatening. So... I don't think it was worth it in the final analysis for one Super Bowl. Now, if you're going to be on top for several years, yeah, <laughs> then you take it. But one year and then to drop to the bottom of the league to a four and nine team, I'm sure they never thought that would happen. And none of us thought that would happen, but it has. And so from that standpoint, it, it kind of reminds me, Jim, it's the old one player away. Do you think you're really one player away? from winning a Super Bowl. Well, for the Rams, they were for that one year. And it reminds me back in 89 with the infamous Herschel Walker trade when Mike Lynn, our GM, thought we were one player away from a Super Bowl. And, of course, that that did not pan out with all, all the high draft picks that we gave to Dallas, and we didn't get to a Super Bowl. And as I've said before, I had nothing to do with that trade, Jim. <laughs> yes, so we have you on record as saying that. All <laughs> Thank right, now- you. Thank let's, you. Tra- let's transition to our picks. Once again, thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore. Thanks to Platinum Bank. Thanks to Brianne Burdett, our producer. Let's start Giants Commanders. Uh, two teams the Vikings could face in the playoffs. Giants are the Vikings' next opponent. Of course, the uh, uh, Commanders are the one team the Vikings have held down in terms of passing yards in the last two months. Uh, how do you see this one? I, I see the Commanders winning this game. It, it's in Washington. They're both hanging in in in, uh, in playoff spots right now, but they're going in opposite directions. Washington's 3-0-1 in their last four. Giants are 0-3-1 in their last four. They're just, the commanders are just playing better, and they're going to get Chase Young back, it sounds like, this week and to a, a really good defense already. I think they're a potentially scary opponent, I think, for the Vikings in the playoffs just because of how good their defense is. It, uh, thinking about that first round matchup, whoever they're going to face. And from that standpoint, I think a, a big game, <clears throat> and I know the game is, we're talking on Thursday morning, It's the game is Thursday night, San Francisco at Seattle. The Vikings want the Seahawks to win that game <laughs> because they want to knock the 49ers down and they want the Seahawks to potentially rise up to that seventh spot where the Vikings could see them. I think they're a better matchup for the Vikings than Washington, perhaps. But I, w- I will take Washington in this game. I think they're just playing better. Yeah, I agreed with that. Rams and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield proving that practice doesn't matter at all, neither does familiarity with your scheme, at the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, give me Green Bay in this game. I think I think Rodgers does not want his season to end yet. <laughs> and, and I think they're, they're still mistakenly perhaps thinking they're alive in the playoff race if they can run off the final four games and they've done it before in green bay i just don't see it happening this year with their run defense issues i I don't see baker mayfield going into green bay in potentially bad weather and and winning that game with the rams missing cooper cub missing stafford missing aaron donald i think this week they're just not the same team, and I think Green Bay wins this game. Yeah, I think that's an easy one. Detroit at the Jets, Lions on the rise, Jets kind of trying to hang in there. 
Yeah, this is really a tough call because the Lions are just playing so well with five wins in the last six weeks. The Jets are, as you said, hanging in there in the race. They played Buffalo tough last week. It's in New York or in in the Meadowlands. There's just something about the way Detroit's playing right now with such confidence that I think they're going to find a way to win this game. It wouldn't surprise me if if the Jets do win because the Jets are are a quality team and a really good defense. But I'm I'm not sure Mike White can get it done, and he's he's been banged up now. So I'll I'll take the hot Detroit Lions and Jared Goff find a way to win this game. I'm with you again. Miami at Buffalo, uh, picking this game because it's interesting, but uh, Tua does not play well in cold weather. To me, you got to take Buffalo here. Yeah, definitely. I think the Bills are trying to hang on to that that number one seed in the AFC where they're sitting right now, and, and Kansas City's breathing down their necks. They both are 10-3. and three. In, in Buffalo, winter weather perhaps, and Tua, yeah, he had a, a really poor performance last week. So I, I will definitely take the Bills in this game for sure. And now the big one, at least for us, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they had a little bit of a bounce back under Jeff Saturday, but they're still not a good team. Uh, they still have offensive issues, obviously, uh, against the Vikings, who I think are really going to be geared up for this one. I, I think they were embarrassed in Detroit. They want to they want to clinch the division. Uh, their defense has been a little embarrassed. I, I would guess the Vikings win this. This I, To me, this is a rare game the Vikings win by more than one score. Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. I, I, think, the, I think the Colts will play them tough early. The, I think a key is going to be the run defense against Jonathan Taylor, who led the league in rushing last year. He's been down this year. He's still got 861 yards, but not, not the 1,800-yard season he had last year, the ex-Badger. So I think that's going to be a key that the Vikings can stop the run, even though I'm sure Matt Ryan is licking his chops and thinking, wow, I'm, I'm going at the secondary. And he has some success with the Falcons against the Vikings defense uh, last year, I believe, when the Falcons beat the Vikings. So it's going to be not an easy game. There's never an easy game. But I think the kind of the underrated part of the defense, and maybe this is because people have been throwing so much on them because – the secondary has been bad and the pass rush hasn't been getting home, but the run defense has been better lately. They were, they were well under hundred yards last week with holding Detroit, except for the fake punt. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Vikings in this game. I think that they can get some pressure on Ryan, make, make some big plays force some turnovers. That was the key. When the Vikings were on their winning streak, even when the defense was struggling, they were forcing turnovers, forcing takeaways. They still rank, in the top 10 in the league in takeaways with the 20 takeaways. Indianapolis's uh, turnover ratio, Jim, minus 14, worst in the league. And a big part of that is because Ryan's throwing so many interceptions. Vikings are plus six. That's the big difference in this ballgame. So I'll, I'll take the Vikings to win by 10. I'm with you. I'm right with you on all our picks, which means you are doomed. You should never agree with me on picks, Jeff. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> well, we 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 shall we shall see. It's it's going to be certainly interesting down the stretch. 
No doubt about it. Hey, good stuff, Jeff. Thank you to Brianne. Thanks to everyone who listens again. If you can make it to Head Flyer Brewing, 6.30 Thursday night, December 15th for the Winter Wear Drive and the Cheryl Reeve Show, we will have a great time. We will warm you up. If not, uh, look for ways online to contribute. Uh, look up the Cheryl Reeve Show on any social media platform, and there'll be a way you can also donate clothes or, or money, as I do. Uh, it's for a great cause, and uh, and I, I'm really proud to be associated with Cheryl and Glory in that piece of good works. Uh, Hey, drive safely out there. We'll talk to you soon.